Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job or told that person in high school how much you liked them? Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you all about our new mini-series, Sliding Doors Your Story, that's coming out this spring. Do you have an extraordinary sliding doors moment that changed your life or know someone that does? I'm talking about those real what if moments in life where if something hadn't have happened, your life just wouldn't be the same. A split decision, which could have meant life or death, finding the love of your life, missing that train. If so, we really want to hear from you. We're looking for podcast guests to come on and tell their story to our listeners. So whether you have a story to tell or know someone that does, we really want to hear from you. Please go into the podcast notes wherever you get your podcasts and click on the application form. We cannot wait to hear from you. Now on with this week's episode. 
My guest today is Joe Touchner Sharp. Joe is the founder and CEO of Scamp and Dude, the British purpose-led fashion brand with a huge heart, famous for its superpower-infused leopard and lightning bolt loungewear and vibrant designs. Joe studied fashion at university, which led her to her first job in fashion PR and subsequently over a decade in the beauty PR industry, working agency side and in-house for brands such as Estee Lauder and Tom Ford Beauty. She then took the plunge to set up her own PR business, Beauty Scene PR. However, in 2015, Jo's life took a turn when she suffered a brain hemorrhage. She had to leave her children for a lengthy stay in hospital to undergo life-threatening brain surgery. And it was this moment that inspired Jo to create a brand that helps children to feel more secure when apart from their loved ones, and Scamp and Dude was born, with the expansion of women's wear now taking up to 80% of the brand. Not only her own brand guardian, Jo also has become a spokesperson for other independent brands when it comes to IP protection. Jo lives in Berkshire with her husband Rob and two sons, Sonny and Jude. She is a massive inspiration to so many people and her brand and ethos really show that out of a horrible situation, something amazing can happen. And I can't wait to find out all about her sliding doors moments. So welcome to the podcast, Jo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a very nice intro. <laughs> well, you've you've done a lot and you've had a really inspiration. I feel it's lovely to meet you. And I'll just say to our listeners, this is mine and Joe's third attempt to meet. We've had wisdom teeth out and COVID. So I'm really excited to chat <laughs> yeah. to you today. Um, so I really wanted to start with where did the name Scamp and Dude come from? Because it's it's a really playful name, but I'd love to kind of know where the name came from. So it, as the brand was inspired by being apart from my boys, I wanted it to be a nod towards them. I didn't want to use their names because it's a bit twee. I don't. Um, I wanted. I wanted to kind of give a nod to them. Yeah. And uh, so Scamp is what I've always called Sunny ah. and Jude the Dude. And we don't. Oh, <laughs> I don't actually call Jude Dude, but it's just. <laughs> Jude is a dude, you know, just it was just a nod to them, just so I knew it was it was being called after them, but other people necessarily wouldn't. No, I love that because it is really playful and it's so nice that it kind of has that link to your children. And um I guess I wanted to ask you to just maybe explain it. I mean, I know we'll talk about this more in your moments, but really what is your brand's mission? So we, like like you said, we started off as a kids brand when we first launched and it was all about filling kids with superpowers and strength when they had to be away from their um, loved ones. So the first product I designed was our superhero sleep buddies. And that was really when I was in hospital missing my kids and worrying about how they were feeling, not being able to see me. I thought I wished I could have given them a superhero to watch over them while we were apart. And in my mind, I designed this cuddly toy that had a cape, the superhero that would watch over them. And then on the back would be a cape, a pocket that would hold a photo of whoever that child wants to hold close. So they would have had my photo in and be like, well, mommy's still here. It's fine. And she's watching over you. And the, when I faced the brain surgery and the thought that I might not come out of the surgery, it was totally life-changing. And the thing that kept bugging me was I've not done enough good. And it's really it's so weird. Like you don't know what's going to happen when you're at that pearly gates moment. But for me, it was, oh my God, I haven't done enough good. I haven't helped anyone. I haven't made a difference. And that was a real big feeling for me. And I thought, right, if I make it through this surgery, my next job is going to be something that helps people. And when I came out and came up with the idea of these superhero sleep beds, I thought, if I can make these, I could donate one for everyone's soul to a child who loses a parent or is seriously ill themselves. So all those parents going through those worries about having to be away from their children when they're poorly or worrying about leaving them without a parent, I could send them a little superhero so they feel like they're being watched over. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And is it sometimes hard to believe that kind of like, as you say, what was an idea for Sleep Buddies is now such a multifaceted brand and business? Like it's grown so yeah, much. Complete, completely. I'm constantly blown away by it. It's like, um, it's sometimes it's a bit like a dream. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, I mean, we're, we're, we're basically a women's wear brand now with a kids collection, but the women's wear is totally at the forefront. It's over 80% of the business is now women's wear and we have dresses and knitwear we're launching denim we've got bags it's like it's it's like I'm kind of working in this dream where anything (laughs) I want to wear I can make and I can and and I've got a brilliant team now as well which has made a really big difference and yeah it's it's absolutely incredible what started off as wanting to help kids um feel stronger and give them fill them with superpowers is now making women feel um, like that. Like it's the, the women, we have a Facebook group called Scamp and Dudas and the women on that are just constantly saying, I've worn your dress today to a job interview because I wanted to be full of superpowers and someone mm-hmm. else and other people just saying, your clothes make me feel so joyful. Like they're just so joyous and they're, they're flattering as well. So you feel good in them. You, you feel good because you're looking at them and they're brightly colored, but you're also, everything's so flattering that it makes you feel good inside as well. Yeah. Well, you've definitely smashed your target of doing more good in the world if, if that's what you're getting people. And I think what I find really interesting as well, and I'm very kind of a big advocate for this, is you started this business in your 40s. And I think, you know, it's also a really big inspiration to people because we often think, you know, if we don't know what we're meant to be doing by the time we're like even 18, 30, we don't yeah. know. But actually, like you started this all when you were 40. And do you think that's kind of a really, is that another message that you like to kind of push to people? Definitely. I think it's a really important message. You can be in a career. I, I spent 20 years working in PR and I thought, oh God, you know, and there's no way I'm going to be able to swap and do something else there. How do you start, we start at the bottom and work your way up again. And I think if I hadn't have been so terribly ill I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it to be honest because you've built that network over 20 years that's that's what you do and you do feel a bit like that's what you do but when I faced the thought of possibly not living it yeah. changed, changed everything and it made me just think I can do anything yeah. life is too short I didn't see barriers anymore I just thought I'm going to do it I'm going to find a way to do it I don't care I'm going to do it um, so, and I, and I did, and I've, I'd never worked in production before and never worked in like finance side of things. And it was, it was, it was such a learning and I'm still learning every day. I'm still learning, which I love. Yeah. But it's like not having the fear. And that's something I would wish I could kind of pass on to more people to say, mm-hmm. don't have the fear. Don't see barriers. Think I can do that. So as long as you're willing to put the work in, cause there's, you'll never work as hard as you yeah. will if you're starting of your own business. Um, but it's never, it's not never too late. Don't, don't be stuck doing something you don't love just because you think you're too old. You're not too old. Of course. And what is the kind of the hardest thing for you about owning your own brand? I mean, you know, you're a mum. you've got this big empire. What, what do you, what do you kind of see as the biggest challenge for you? You never switch off. So you can never not be thinking or worrying about something. Um, so you you can never go home and shut your door and go, well, I work from home, so I never <laughs> I'm yeah. always here anyway. But yeah. um that 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 notion of going, okay, it's it's six o'clock, I'm gonna go off and think and not think about it. I'm always thinking about it. But luckily for me, I love it so much. I don't mind that I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah. very disciplined with the children now, which is something I've learned along the way that when they get home from school, I I either go, right, you do your homework and then I'll quickly finish my work or if I'm with them, I'm with them. I'm not on my phone. I'm not mm. on my laptop because when you're trying to do both things at once, 
it was just a disaster. They were get, I was getting irritable with them because I was trying to answer an email and they were interrupting and then they, so they weren't getting what I wanted. I wasn't answering exactly. my email properly. Yeah. So just separating the two and focusing was, um, a, a, made a big difference to me. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point because I think most people that are entrepreneurs can't switch off and that's why you're successful. And I think, but you still have to carve out those boundaries for you, as you say, and be present where you can. But yeah. I don't think you can have a successful business if it's not kind of what you eat, sleep, breathe. No, everything. exactly. And I think that's a, that's a good point. When, when people talk to me about wanting to start a business, I always say, well, don't just start a business for starting a business. Don't just do it to make money. Don't do it. It's got to be something that you literally are obsessed with because yeah. you're going to live it and breathe it for, and don't think of it, oh, I'll just do it for a few years. And then, no, think of it, you might do it for 10, 20, 30 years and that you've got to love it that whole time. It's, you've got to literally make you, because it's, I'm so obsessed with Scamper Dude and I yeah. love every piece of it. And that's, I think that's what makes it it's not work to me. It's yeah. flipping hard work, but, it's, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. Which, which is a massive blessing. No, it's brilliant. Um, and I wanted to take it slightly back to your PR days because from doing my research, I found out that you kind of launched the spa at the Brits and kind yeah. of have had this amazing kind of whirlwind with that. Do you want to explain yeah. to me kind of, because you've had such an amazing career. I mean, you've you've honestly had like two halves of your life. Um, yeah. How did kind of that happen with the Brits and are you still doing it now? So the Brits, I I think of what the Brits is a bit of a side hustle for me. It's just a bit of a, a passion project. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch Smash Hits poll winners party oh, yeah. and just Love think, oh my God, I just want to be there. I want to be in that world. And I always thought that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Like I want to work in music. I want to do that. That just, you know, gave, gave me butterflies. And I thought, God, and I lived in a really small town where not a huge amount went on. So you think, God, I want to get somewhere. I want to live somewhere where I'm going to, be working in a way that I can work at the Smash Hits Pole Winners Party. Yeah. Anyway, so ended up going into fashion and um, working in PR, but always had this love of, of music. And when I went to head up Estee Lauder's press, part of my brief was to funk up Estee Lauder because mm-hmm. they were trying to attract a younger customer. And so I contacted Brit Awards and just said to them, can I bring Estee Lauder backstage to the Brits and just put on like a pamper room and products for the, for the artists and do some mini treatments and things. And they were like, yeah, okay. So I took Estee Lauder backstage. Um, and then I did that for two years where we had, and it was just a really big success. We had, we even had Oasis in there having Amazing. eye masks and things. There's a big, <laughs> there's a big piece in the mirror, Daily Mirror about, um, the Gallagher brothers with eye masks on in and and I was, took it into my boss at the time. And is this funky enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, so I did it for two years at Estee Lauder. And then when I set up my own PR agency, I went to the Brits with a proposal of creating a full-on spa for them. So having six to eight treatment rooms and having a different brand per category. So having massages, facials, manicures, yeah, and uh, men's grooming. And they loved the idea. So that became, when I launched my PR agency, that was kind of one of my clients. And then when I sold my shares in my PR agency, that came with me because that was very much my my baby. Yeah. And so when I had Scamp and Dude, I still created the spa on the side. And the, the first year I didn't do it was last year because of COVID. Yeah. And then this year I did that we we still couldn't do it. It was just still restrictions backstage. Um, but I went to the bits for the first time as a guest. So I did 16 years 
working backstage yeah. at the Brits. And this year, first time ever as a guest. And I was like, oh my goodness, this feels good. That's um, so you've it was, paid your dues and yeah. you got the invite. It felt very strange though, watching it and knowing what was going on backstage and not being with the crew. And it's like, this, it's the same team that work there every year. So you know everybody. And I was a bit like, I want to get back and say hello to everyone. And it was, it was, it was funny. It was great though. I loved it. What a brilliant story because I love that because you managed to kind of marry a dream with like yeah. your job and actually it's an incredible idea and it's brilliant that you're kind of still doing it now and and well done for kind of keeping that as your baby because I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have had the courage to say actually I'm taking it with me it was my idea yeah I will and then also I think um it's great now for Scamp and Dude so I always take yeah. Scamp and Dude and put it in all the dressing rooms and Amazing. we had Rob Williams once po- took apparently loved it and told his um, manager that he really loved it took, took our superhero sleep buddies back for his kids and he um then posted a photo on Instagram of him wearing one of my sweatshirts and uh, the take that fan in me was very excited about <laughs> yes <this fact. laughs> So good. So good. Um, So I know we'll discuss this in a bit more detail later, but I just wanted to ask you, I know we've, we touched on it briefly, but do you kind of see your life being in two parts as in there being two versions of yourself really kind of like before, you know, you had your brain hemorrhage and after like yeah. do, is that how you kind of see your life and how it's been so far yeah I think it's I've definitely lived two lives I think I mean luckily for me I'm the same person um a lot lot of people that go through brain surgery end up with different a different personality or different depending on which area of your brain has been operated on luckily for me it's my front um lobe my right frontal lobe and, and that was um a really low traffic area of my brain so there's no difference in me I, I've the only difference I found is that I can't cope with lots of different sounds going on at the same time so if the radio is on and someone's trying to talk to me I can't focus on um, that yeah I don't know if that's just me getting a bit old though <laughs> <laughs> I blame it on the Could surgery yeah. but it might be my age um so I'm not I'm not entirely sure but I I definitely feel like I've had two lives the London life living in working in PR and that um not a lot of meaning to it it was mm-hmm. great fun I had a great fun working in PR it's very social made huge contacts and I loved it absolutely loved it built some amazing relationships and had a lot of fun but when it came down to it and I kind of assessed my life it didn't have a lot of meaning I hadn't helped anyone I'd given people jobs but I hadn't actually made a difference there's no kind of wow I I did that or I've helped that many people and that was that was that life and then the next life the scamp and dude life has been a lot more fulfilling and purposeful and happy and even though it's been incredibly stressful starting your brand it's not a set not the same kind of stress as you have in the PR world it's a it's a a really meaningful purposeful stress which is much better easier to cope with. Definitely. And I'm really excited to chat kind of more about those two versions of your life. And before we go into your sliding doors moments, um, I wanted to ask you, what is your, I mean, and it must have changed maybe throughout the years, but what's your thoughts and your ideas around the concept of sliding doors? So life being about fate, about coincidence, about timing. I mean, we've spoken about hard work. What are your kind of thoughts around the theory? I, I, I'm totally with it. I think there's the, your life can go in so many different ways. And there's, and since you, um, I spoke to you about doing this podcast, I, I've been thinking about it quite a lot about all the different moments in my life that could yeah. have gone one way. And you think any conversation on any day can take your life in a different way as well. Mm-hmm. And I find that very much with 
with Scamp and Jude, I'll meet somebody and I'll think, oh my God, that's really inspiring or that's really interesting. And yeah, maybe I want to work with you and maybe that's, that will, and, and it opens doors and you go a different way. And it's like, that's what life is all about. This, these different things can happen to us every day and you could take, talk to somebody that can change your life or you can go a different route. And you know, the, the interesting thing is you never know what would have happened if you hadn't made that decision. Exactly, yeah. And you kind of, it'd be kind of quite good if you did know, well, maybe not in some <laughs> sort of sense, but in another, just to go, yeah, I made the right decision. Thank yeah, goodness it's I so did that. true. It's so true because I think sometimes when we go through people saying those moments, you know, you, you never want to stand there being like, right, before I make this decision of whether I'm going to do, you know, get on this bus or not go on this bus, what would happen? You know, you don't want to yeah. go that far. But I think reflecting on moments that have happened, as you say, and some sometimes pinpointing conversations that you had or ideas you had or moments that happened can really make you reflect on life. And as you say, either appreciate where you've gone, think about where things could have gone. And yeah, I mean, it would be lovely to be able to pick a few moments in life and say, <laughs> How, what would have happened if that would have yeah. happened? Um, it would be interesting. I think it's, it's kind of, it's good to just look back and be grateful and thankful that you made those decisions and listen to your intuition and your gut, trust your intuition and your gut and go, okay, my gut is telling me not to do that and I'm going to do this and I've it's worked in the past so I'm going to listen to it and kind of back yourself. Exactly. A lot of it is all about backing yourself and backing what you think. Um, so we'll go on to your first moment. So um, it's at university, I changed courses after a year. So you started off studying PR and design and media studies, but you wanted to change to study fashion. So you yeah. said you wouldn't have had your work placement in fashion, in your fashion PR agency that basically kickstarted your career, but you also wouldn't have met your best friend. So um, I love university moments. I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, so do you want to explain kind of why you started off studying that course and then what mm. was the catalyst that made you change your mind? Yeah, so when I was doing my A-levels, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. I would have liked to have worked on the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and I thought maybe I'd like to be a TV presenter on MTV, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that we all your, did. Um, yeah, exactly, that everyone does and that your your teachers go, what are you talking about? Get a proper job. Yeah. And um my dad had said to me, I think you'd be very good at PR. And I didn't even know what PR was. I was like, mm -hmm. what, what's PR? But I trusted my dad. So I was like, okay, let's look into it. And then thought, okay, yeah, that sounds good. So that's why I actually went for the PR course. And this, the course that I'd gone for was um, a course where you could do three different subjects. And I thought, well, that's good because I can at least try them all out. Yeah. So one was design because I've arts and creativity has always been a big thing for me. Media studies, I kind of thought, okay, might get me down the television route exactly yeah <laughs> um, and then PR because my dad had said I would he thought I'd be good at PR so it started the courses but they were none of them were like the PR was airline PR it was like crisis management um, PR if you're working at an oil company it was nothing that I was remotely interested in yeah. and found it really dull the design wasn't fashion design it was um more kind of technical design what again wasn't the world I was interested in and media studies was also quite technical it wasn't and it wasn't what I had imagined it to be so I wasn't loving my course and um one of my flatmates was on a fashion promotion course so she was doing a bit of fashion design she was doing fashion journalism she was doing fashion marketing and I was just so jealous I was going that is my dream course that's yeah. what I want to be doing and I would watch her doing her coursework and just going oh my god I would really <laughs> kill to do this so I booked an appointment to go and talk to her tutor mm -hmm. and this is a lady that I'm always thankful for she's called Ruth Hardman Howard and she was head of fashion at the University of Central Lancashire 
And I just went and said, I would, I really want to swap onto this course. And you were meant to have a, oh, what was the qualification? The founda- art foundation. Oh, art foundation course. That's yeah. It. And I hadn't, cause I'd gone straight from, from A levels to, to uni. And she said, well, you're meant to have, you're meant to have this course to move up to on to, you know, to go on. And I was like, well, I won the art prize at school and I can, <laughs> I can, I can show you it. the art. Like, <laughs> I can, I, I can do yeah. it. And uh, so she sent me a project and some of it was fashion illustration. And so it had to show that I could draw and, and all sorts of um, projects that she set. I went, went home, worked so hard on it and brought it back in. And she said, yeah, okay, fine. You can come on, but you'll have to start the year again. You've missed too much of the year. Yeah. So you'll have to start the year again. And then it was that decision of, oh my God, I'm, I'll be, all my friends will be going into the second year and I'll be going into the first year. I'll be starting again. It's another year of debt. And this course was a four-year course because it had a year of placement. Yeah. So actually I would have been at uni for five years and I was like, oh God, am I going to do this? And obviously had to broach the subject with my parents who were like funding me to and you know they were teachers they weren't loaded so it wasn't like a just a oh, yeah. course stay as long as you like yeah. this was a big investment for them and luckily they totally backed me and said yeah if you think that's the right thing to do go for it so I went back a year started a new course and a whole new group of people and it was the best best thing I ever did for so many reasons but like you touched on I met my three best friends who are still my three best friends now Amazing. um who were on that course um and we, yeah, we're still, we're like sisters and I can't imagine those three girls not in my life. And I, I wouldn't have met them if I hadn't changed onto that course. And also we had this, well, for, for one, I was doing what I loved to do. It was very creative, learning all about marketing and promoting a fashion brand, a bit of design as well. Um, lots of graphics and you have a year where you go on placement and I went and worked my backside off on this placement where I literally had got a job my first ever placement job was at Exposure Um, and weirdly it ended up being Exposure who invested in me to open my PR company all those years amazing full circle that's brilliant um, and I, I had, a, I had a brilliant year working and then I went and worked at, um, Paul Smith press office and the diesel press office and then purple PR when purple PR opened, they opened and I was there, their, their um, first intern there as well. And they did a bit of music too. So I loved that. So I had, had a, a brilliant time I work weekends in and evenings to pay for me to do free interning as well. So, if I, but had, it was, it was, I built so many contacts, has so many experiences working London fashion week that I wouldn't have done that if I'd stayed on the old course as well. So it was absolutely the right thing for me to do. And it was fully meant to be because, again, I believe in these moments so much that I I love the fact of this story that you say you met like your best friends because that is all all in itself is like, I mean, the job and the career is one thing, but to find your people and think, if I hadn't have moved courses, or even if you'd started that course when you were meant to start uni, yeah, wouldn't they wouldn't be on them. it. Yeah, they wouldn't be on they'd it. Be, um, yeah, they'd be the year below. And I think also what I love about this moment is the fact that, um, as you said, the tutor didn't make you go and do an art foundation because again, all these small decisions and moments that happened meant that that was kind of the path that you were meant to go on. Um, yeah. Which I love. Did you? I mean, I know you said, I mean, think, I think when we're younger, you know, being pulled, starting again a year is like a really big thing because years in school, you know, the, if you're the year above yeah. or the year below, it means so much when you're younger. And um, was it hard starting from the beginning again? Because I think it's such a, it's a brilliant life lesson for anyone in careers. And you kind of said it with Scamper Dude earlier that sometimes you do need to take that plunge and be like, I'm going to have to start at the bottom of the ladder again to work my yeah. way up to where I want to be. Um. I- I did. I love, I loved it. I, I found it a little bit daunting going in the first time 
into the new because obviously you don't know anybody but soon as you get to know everybody and I just loved what we were learning so much I was so grateful for that I got just I didn't mind at all but I also think when people think about going back and starting again you've got to remember how much you've learned in your previous role or in your previous that actually you'll you'll progress so much quicker than you think you will you're not going to start again and go at a really slow rate of you've already got yourself to a certain level in something else yeah. so you're going to have lots of skills that you can bring exactly to the next, transferable skills yeah so you'll go it, it won't it won't take as long it's not like starting school when you can't read or write and you're like <gasps> you've already got a lot of those skills that you just and you'll you'll move a lot quicker and I guess the big question is how different do you think your life had been if you hadn't have changed courses so if a young joe hadn't have seen that friend talk to her parents, talk to the tutor, and you'd stayed on that course. I mean, I know it's very hard to think, but do you ever yeah. think how different life would I, have been? I, I have, since we, we've been talking about this, it has made me think that. And I think, I just can't imagine what I'd be doing because none of the none none of the subjects in the courses that I was doing was, was interesting me in the slightest. So what would I have done? And how would I have got out of it? And how would I have got a job at the end of it? Because no, it, you're kind of, you, you go well what why don't I actually want to do any of these things like yeah. what would I have done it's it's quite scary because I hate I hate would hate that feeling of not knowing what and not having that passion in your in your tummy when you find that thing you really yeah. love doing and you're just so excited by life and and your job and I wasn't excited by any of those any of the other courses so oh it's terrifying thoughts. well you could you could just pretend that you would have become you know a presenter at the smash hits ball oh, winners yeah. party and yeah. you know that's be working backstage at the Brits so let's just <laughs> yeah. say that's maybe what you would do but <laughs> yeah. again we don't know and and I think I think we we probably all would have found our way somewhere but it, as we said before it just would have been a different path and this was the path yeah. we wanted to take so I think it's brilliant I love that story because I think there are so many little decisions and moments that had to work out for you to be where you are and brilliant that you're still best friends um, it's yeah. brilliant when you make friends at uni um I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So on to your second moment. So um, leaving beauty scene. So you decided to leave your own PR agency, which was a huge decision. So we spoke a bit before about how you set up your own agency and you say kind of life would have been very different if you hadn't have left. Um, and it was a kind of a really 50-50 decision for you at one oh, point. So yeah. do you want to explain how this was a slang doors moment and what kind of led you to make that big life-changing decision? Yeah, so it it was it was one of those moments where I really, really didn't know what the right decision was to make. And I just had my second child um, and Jude was a baby. And it was, I do I go back and I will have to go back and leave him when he's very, very tiny. And I will be working full on long hours. I won't see my kids. And or do I sell my shares? And I, I knew I wanted to start a brand. I didn't know what that brand was at that point. 
Um, and it was such it was such a hard decision because I'd started that agency from scratch and worked so, so incredibly hard. I mean, I used to I remember asking my backers if I could have a bed in my office so I didn't have to bother going home because I was there till the early hours of the morning. Oh I was in, in again at six and I was like, oh, well, can I just get a bed? Because then I'm, I could work two, <laughs> two extra hours. And they were like, no. <laughs> what made you start the agency in the first place then and go go on your own? So I'd left. I spent seven years at Purple PR and gone to work at Estee Lauder, Tom Ford Beauty in-house. And when I was there, it was, I always say it was like my finishing school going to work at Estee Lauder. It's an, it's a fantastic company and you really learn so much in terms of, they treat, they treat their staff so well. It's very, it's very structured, um, but I didn't find it very creative. And when you get, you get given your marketing calendar that comes from New York and there's your year planned out for you of what, exactly what you're doing. That to me was just, I felt like a bird that got their wings clipped. Yeah. And luckily my, um, my, the MD of SA Lauder actually gave, let, let me add another row onto the marketing calendar of other things that I wanted to do, like taking, <laughs> taking SA Lauder backstage at the Brits. We did yeah. a co- collaboration with Fashion Rocks and did a lipstick for nice. Fashion Rocks. And we did a collaboration with Genius Shoes and all these other things that I wanted to do to, to bring some life to the calendar that wasn't just a new perfume, a new mm-hmm. lipstick. Yeah. Um, and then launching Tom Ford Beauty was incredible because Tom Ford is like a, literally a hero of mine. So yeah. that was an amazing experience and was like getting me back into the fashion world because I'd left looking after lots of fashion. I, I, I was beauty, um, I'd moved from fashion to beauty, but they were very much fashion beauty brands that I really worked on. So um yeah, I, I just knew it wasn't for me. In-house wasn't for me. Um, and I loved agency. I loved the buzz of agency, never knowing what brand might contact you next, all the different. It was just so much more creative and dynamic and buzz. Yeah. I, but there wasn't an agency I wanted to work at. So make I thought I'm going to make my own. Yeah. And I thought also thought, I think we need a bit of a young dynamic agency that focuses on beauty and really creative and yeah, I just thought, right, let's do it. And I had um, my old boss from Exposure that I've touched on before, who was, um, he said he would back me to open my agency. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. So I launched with Cowshed, the Soho House brand, um, my Brit Spa, Ruby and Millie. Remember Ruby and Millie? Yes. Oh, I used to love Ruby and Millie. The lip, the lip things, the, the twisty. Yeah. yeah. And those lovely cheek sticks. Yes. Um, and Ruby, Ruby Hammer and Millie Kendall are still very good friends of mine. Like my foot, my, I love those girls. Oh, that's great. And a hair care brand called Paul Lebrecht Luxury Hair Care. So launched with those brands and then just literally put everything into it and grew it into a, where we were actually beating a, most of the big beauty PR companies to Amazing. win really big clients. Like we had NARS, Topshop Makeup, Christian Louboutin Beauty. Um, Declior, Shiseido, we we had so many brands and it was, it was a great agency and we had, we had a lot of fun. Um, But when I started a family, it was just, I didn't want to be away from my kids. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have events in the evening, you just wouldn't see them and I didn't have kids not to see them. Um, So it was the right time to make that change, but it was incredibly hard to turn my back on something that I'd created. And, yeah. and then no one had worked harder than me. I'd literally put blood, sweat and tears into that agency. And the hardest bit is when you first open it and you, mm-hmm. those first few years. And then once you, once you 
walk into an agency that's already been created and is already very successful it's easy to come in and, and but but that beginning bit is not and that's what I was walking away from and I that's why I really didn't know if it was the right thing to do yeah. and it was really some days I'd be like no there's no way I'm walking away from that and other days I'd be like I need to do this like, for my say, family like, how did you because I think we all we've spoken like we have gut feelings and we know deep down what we want to do but it's very hard to actually take the plunge and yeah. do you remember kind of the one day or moment where you were like I've just got to do this well, I think it was it was knowing that I was making myself ill, like the the, mm. the going through all the negotiations as well about what my shares were worth, and looking at the scenarios of okay, what's what's my shares actually worth if I'm going to go that route, and and then there's also of me leaving. I wasn't allowed to work in the beauty industry for a certain amount of time, and all these yeah. things it was so confrontational and upsetting and scary and that I knew that I was so incredibly stressed and I had a spasm in my face went to the doctors and went what is going on my face here and he went you are dangerously stressed you've got to stop whatever you are doing this is going to make you very ill so I went home that day from the doctors and I wrote and just said okay I'll just whatever deals on the table I'll take it I'm leaving I resign that's that's it I'm done um because I feel like my head's going to explode and that's Mm -hmm. actually what I wrote then really? a few weeks later, I had my brain hemorrhage. So yeah. I could feel the pressure in my head. I could I'm feel, it. Um, yeah, it was horrendous. So that made my decision for me, basically. Yeah. And was there ever a moment that you, because, I mean, it's really interesting because I feel the same about kind of when I worked in fashion and you think back to all of the amazing situations you were in and the things that you were doing. And I think often these things, they are brilliant, but they often seem way more exciting than the hard work that goes into it behind. And, yeah. and you know, all the brands you've just mentioned, everyone be like, why would you walk away when you've got all of this? And was there ever, was it just the time you're ready? Cause we'll, you kind of, we'll talk about this in a, in a, on your third moment, but you, you wanted, you were going to start up your own kind of beauty brand. Um, yeah. So did that kind of just be like, you know what, I'm just ready for this time. And you didn't really regret making the decision. Um, I knew, I mean, I knew it was the right decision. And then once I'd, um, obviously then I became very ill and then it, I knew it was the right decision then, um, because I knew I needed to do something that was more purposeful, that actually meant something that Mm -hmm. wasn't just growing other people's brands, doing PR for other brands. And yeah, you might think it's a glamorous life, but actually what are you doing to make a difference? How are you actually helping people and that's became very apparent that that was really important to me when I when I became ill so yeah and you know what's I think really interesting and then we'll talk about your third moment is it's a very I find this moment very weird from a timing perspective because you almost had kind of like wiped your slate clean just before you had your brain hemorrhage to then do the thing that you you wanted to love and I I think you know if you hadn't have just written written that email and said I'm leaving and then had your brain hemorrhage you wouldn't have had that kind of clean break already and do you you think about that sometimes no I hadn't actually thought I hadn't thought of it like that but you're yeah you're right it was kind of helps put that in the past and move on and start something new and yeah yeah that's quite an interesting thought yeah I mean we'll talk about your third moment now because I think as you said they're quite intertwined together and yeah it's the diagnosis of your brain hemorrhage um and obviously starting the brand uh, Scamp and Dude. So moving on from the moment before, you kind of had decided that you were going to sell your agency and you wanted to set up your own skincare line with a huge beauty blogger. You were really excited. You registered the name. You started working on package designs and then you had your brain hemorrhage. So this is such a major life moment 
where everything changed for you. Do you want to kind of explain exactly how all of that happened? Yeah. So um, the, the time between the face spasm and the actual hemorrhage that I'd started working on um, creating a beauty brand and I was so ready to do something else. I'm not someone that can't work. I have to be putting everything into something. Yeah. So I full steam ahead with a business plan and packaging and registered names and getting um, products formulations and was really, really excited. And then suddenly had this terrible headache and I'd been waiting for some designs to come through and they'd come through, but I couldn't even bring myself to open the email to look at them, which is when I knew I was not well because I'd yeah. been so waiting for these. And to cut a long story short, I'd went to the doctors, they sent me to hospital and told me I'd had a brain hemorrhage and that they'd found a lump on my brain. Mm -hmm. So suddenly your world becomes very, very, very small because you've suddenly just basically thinking, I've just got to stay alive. I had, my kids were one and three at the time. Wow. And all I could think of was I cannot leave them without a mum. I've got to stay alive. And worrying about my parents, my husband, and that's all I was thinking about. So the business went completely on hold and I was just totally focused on getting through this. And I knew I had to face brain surgery and I'd asked if it could be after Christmas because I wanted to have one last Christmas with my kids, yeah. my parents, if it was going to be a last. And then went into the surgery thinking, and that's when all these thoughts were going through my head of, oh my God, I've I've not done enough good. I've not helped enough people. I've not made a difference. If I leave this world today, what, what are people going to say? Oh, she was PR girl. You know, <laughs> she had a great time. She lived, she had a lot of fun. What, what have I done to help people? Like what? Yeah. I just, I mean, by the way, there's nothing wrong with PR girls. I don't really need to talk badly about PR no, girls. No, but, it's, it, but great, it's, it's what's it's inside great, your purpose yeah. as well. And it's a great profession and I had a great time doing it. But for me at that point, I was like, this, it's not enough. I need to, I need to do more I need to I need to have helped people um so came out of surgery thank goodness and had this new fire in my belly this new kind of oh my god I can do anything yeah. it was I've got a second chance at life here and I'm going to do exactly what I want to do and I'm going to make it count I'm going to make a difference and that was my big thing and then it ha all happened very organically really like coming up with the idea of the superhero sleep buddies in the hospital just as something I wished I'd ha had been available to comfort my kids yeah. and being in that situation and knowing what would have comforted them put me in a very good position to design the product and then when I came out it was very much a get well goal for me to find manufacturers of these sleep buddies so I could help with the you know donating one for everyone sold and and then I decided I wanted a clothing range to go with it and as I said initially it was for kids so that they had all our all of our products have a superpower button on them, which is our embroidered neon bolt. And it was to give them a superpower button they could press when they go to nursery or go to school to fill them with superpowers for oh, strength. Amazing. The slogans, the superhero has my back. So telling kids a superhero is watching over you, even if they can't see you. And it was that's what it was all about. And I had found found the manufacturers, went through it was a it was incredibly difficult and I was still recovering from brain surgery at this time. So I was having terrible migraines. And I remember just going, oh, hating it when I got one because I had to stop working. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking, oh my God, my parents were like, oh my God, I thought you were going to slow down after you sold your PR company. And, and you're like, no, Ill. I'm ready like, to go yeah. now. Second yeah. knee's here. Exactly. And uh, and then we launched into Liberty in the November. So they had the brain surgery in the January, registered the name Scamp and Dude in the March. And then we launched wow. into Liberty in the November. And I look back on that now and go, 
flipping heck, woman. <laughs> even even <laughs> without the brain surgery, that is yeah. like a really big achievement. I know. It's like, it's, wow. it, I do look back and go, that is crazy. But I think it was this fire in my belly, this kind of, I'm going to do this. I can make a difference. I can help people. I can, and, and yeah, in, in the last five years, there's been a whirlwind, like I said, and, and to see us now, we just launched into Liberty Women's Wear Department with our women's wear collection. And that's, a that's, I still go in there all the time. That's me. I'm always filming and taking pictures. I see the stuff going, oh God, there's that girl again. (laughs) I just feel very lucky. It's, it's, it's such a brilliant story because I think number one, I think, as you said before, you put your all into everything and actually you needed that drive to probably help you recover and get you through yeah, something that happened so quickly. But how, and we spoke about this a bit earlier, but personally, how did that, that that experience change you? I mean, as you said, we spoke about this a bit before the podcast, but, you know, in terms of you and like, you know, your health and your stamina, do you think, did it take a while to really get back into things? And did you have to kind of really start taking care of yourself more than you had done before? I I wish I could say yes. And my parents would definitely like me to say, yes, I've taken better care of myself, but I didn't. I just literally bulldozed ahead um, with creating Scamp and Dude. And my body would stop me every now and again by by giving me a migraine, a migraine, a migraine yeah. to stop me. And, uh, and I think my body naturally did that whenever I was going too much. It would knock me out and I'd have to just have to rest. But no, I, I haven't. And but, but as I said, I was loving it so much and some, it, it's been, it has been incredibly hard the first few years, especially um, before I was able to build a team because you can't afford a team at the beginning. You've got to do everything yourself. And it's that, it's a, it's a lot. It's, it has been, it has been incredibly hard, but I've got, I've got to a point now, five years on where, I, where I've got a great team now and now I can try, I can enjoy it more because I know mm-hmm. I've got different team members who are looking after different things I just it's not all on me now it yes. used to all be me whether you know a wholesaler had their order if whether the designs were in I remember Liberty saying to me can we see your next collection and I was going what I haven't even designed <laughs> another collection I'm just I'm just packing orders because I, yeah. like I packed all the orders oh myself my for the first six months yeah it's like oh my god this is uh okay I'm gonna have to get a fulfillment agency but it's all happened at the right time I've, I'll always push myself to breaking point before I then get that person on which I've got to get better at um, and that's what I'm trying to do this year is, is employ more people that I don't have to be literally on my knees before I go okay I need that person <laughs> yes so go, okay let's you get have, those people in <laughs> exactly you don't have to be like at the at the very end of like things to get help and say to you but I'm guessing like scamper do just really helped your recovery because of the type of person that you are and having that focus yeah. and almost kind of like starting to live that purposeful dream that you had even before you went you know you had your hemorrhage but when you were kind of as you say waiting to go into surgery just being like this is what I now need to do yeah definitely it was it was I called it my get well goal but it was it totally drove me on whenever I was feeling not well or ever feeling a bit ugh, that it would literally spur me on that thinking come on come on keep going keep going and and it has it has the whole way through whenever you have of course there's ups and downs in in business and you know you can get a snotty comment on on social media and it can really go oh and punch you in the stomach but then you just gotta think no just remember what you're doing this for and then remember the thousands of lovely comments you're getting from you know people who are saying how much better they feel wearing your clothes because they feel they look nice but they also feel like they've got they're full of superpowers yeah. and and also the kids that you're helping and the messages from the hospitals that we donate all our products to like we've got our super scarves we do as well so 
We've got the superhero sleep buddies. We donate one for everyone sold to a child in need, but we've also got scarves and they're really gorgeous leopard and lightning bolt scarves, a little like neon pom-poms around the edges. And for everyone sold, we donate one to a woman with cancer or the mother of a child with cancer. So we can help women. And we've already donated over 3,000 of those and they've literally only just launched. And the sleep buddies, we've donated over 4,000. And that, that's that's what it's all about. We've got we've raised hundreds of thousands of pounds for charities as well through Young Lives versus Cancer and all the different charity partners we've got with products we sell on the site. It's so it it's so much more than just a fashion brand. And I think mm-hmm. that's what myself and my team, that's what really keeps us going and drives us when you're having a bad day. It's it's remembering those charities and all those people yeah. helping that makes you go, keep going. It's fine. Yeah. It's so incredible. Yeah. And as you say, you know, the hard work's going some to like a brilliant cause. And yeah, on, I wanted to ask you as well, we mentioned before that you live in Berkshire. Did you move? So you kind of also moved from the London life to the country life. Did that, when, when in your, when in your life story did this happen? Did it happen after the brain hemorrhage? Yes. So it happened halfway through Scamp and Dude. So I'd had, um, we moved two and a half years ago. So Scamp and Dude's five now. So it was, we had Scamp and Dude for about, for a couple of years, I'd opened a shop in Highgate. Um, my life was very much London. I'd always thought I might never leave London because I loved London so much. I'd been in London for about 20 years. All my friends were in London. It was just home. And I didn't think for a moment that I'd, that I'd leave. Um, my husband wanted to leave, though, and he kept bringing it up and saying, I think it's time to move out of London. I was just like, what? No. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> Even though we were living in you know, a normal kind of London terrace house where, and we were both working from home at this point, because after I got sick, my husband left his job and set up his own business as well. It made wow. him relook at, we could totally exactly, relook at life as well. It's the kind of like sliding doors moment for him in his life yeah. as well. But we were both then working from home and not, didn't have our own offices. I was working in the spare bedroom upstairs. He was working on the kitchen table. We were very much on top of each other and, and Scamp and Dude had totally taken up the house. Like we, it was just everywhere and boxes everywhere. And it was quite an uncomfortable way to live, really. Um, and and then it, there was just this one day where he handed me this house and said, just, just have a look at this house. And it was a house on the river in Marlow. And there was like a little wooden rowing boat at the bottom on the river. And I just went, oh, Okay, well, that would That's be nice. <laughs> Thinking, I just had these like really kind of whimsical ideas of like rowing the boys to school yeah. <laughs> in a little like, wind in the willows, and and yeah. and I thought, okay, I'm I'm open to discussion for this. So we started coming out to the kind of Marlow and Cookham area and looking around, and in the end, I was like, this is, this is lovely. This is really lovely out here, and we found a house that we fell in love with and went for it. And I was terrified because I didn't. That's another, it was a, that was another sliding door moment. Do I leave London? Do I not? I'm leaving my shop. Yeah. I've just opened my, most of my team are in London. Like, this is what am I doing? But actually it was the best thing because six months after the pandemic hits. So we were in the country. You're already there. With plenty of room yeah. in the garden. So we didn't feel trapped. We, we were very lucky throughout um, lockdown because we had plenty of space. Rob and I've got enough space to have our own offices. Um, it's a d- different world. And I instantly, when we moved out, felt less stressed. I didn't realize I'd been living with this stress in my chest, like tightness in my chest is just was just life. And I moved out here and it's gone. It's like really quickly that happened. I was like, wow, where's that gone? 
it's just it yeah. yeah it's just um it works for us and the boys go to a school literally around the corner they just walk to school and they're so happy they love it the school is um where wind in the willows kenneth graham wrote oh, wind in the willows in that building which is wow. again just quite magical yeah and yeah it was it was absolutely the definitely the right thing for us to do and we we love it but i wasn't sure at the time I was really exactly and you also don't know like if you would have ever even thought about that like with everything that had happened and it's all the things intertwining I guess I did mention earlier that you know out of really horrible bad situations can come good and you are the absolute epitome of that but and it's again a really hard thing to ask you but do you ever think about how different your life have been if you hadn't have had your brain hemorrhage because you probably would have started your the beauty brand yeah. and Scamper Dude wouldn't exist. But yeah. do you think you'd already really made that decision that you wanted to do something for good? But do you think maybe it wouldn't have been as much focused on? I don't think it, I don't do think I, I hadn't come up with the, I hadn't realised I wanted to do something that was doing good until I'd had the brain hemorrhage. So yeah. before that, the skincare line would have been great and it would have been, I, I'm sure it would have been, great and fun and but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have fulfilled that part of me that wanted to make a difference and and give back and I didn't know that at that point because I didn't know that was important to me until I thought my life was over and then and that's the cruel that's the cruel thing about life yeah you often know what it is that's really important to you until it's too late and that's one one thing I try and say to people is try and get them to try and think now and it's really hard to if you're not in that position but try and think now well what is it if I what if I was had one day left to live would I be happy with what I'd done what would I've really wished and what would I really regret because it probably won't be things like I never visited Australia I never went to Glastonbury yeah. it will be more important things than that that you you really should think about because you could make that change now and make sure that when it is the pearly gate moment you're like okay good I've done everything I wanted yeah. to do yeah it's honestly such a beautiful story and it's so inspirational um and I think you're right I think we all need to think slightly more like that and appreciate and being grateful and all of that stuff um so before I let you go I want to know what is next for Scamp and Dude what what's coming up what exciting things have you got going on for the brand oh there's so much so we, we've got denim launching next month so jeans launching in March which I'm very excited about like I've kind of touched on we or everything we do is to be as flattering as possible so there's all sorts of little tricks with pockets to make them make your bum look like it's a little bit lifted and Ooh, like a bit slimming because that's always great. my area that I'm like let's try and make my bottom yeah. a little bit smaller <laughs> please and um a little and things with the pockets to, to hold your tummy in a little bit and just the shape and they're really really soft as everything in Scamp and Dude is all about the kind of touch and feel as well it's a really exciting time for us like there's some we've just launched some metallic bags that are they've literally flown out and they're they've gone down very well and it's it's just so exciting to go I want I want to make some bags like this and then make them and then see other people absolutely love them too and you're like god this is amazing yeah that was the idea in my head yeah someone's got it um (laughs) yeah oh it's so exciting Joanne I can't wait to see all the new things that Scamp and Dude do and thank you for sharing your story because I think our listeners will find it so inspirational you've had such brilliant kind of moments in your life and you're definitely on the path of your the purpose path that you're meant to be on um so thank you so much for coming on today thank you for having me it's been lovely chatting actually thank you so much joe oh i've loved it thank you bye bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of sliding doors if you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring i would love it if you could rate review share and subscribe thank you so much
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 